Howdy everybody, good morning to you in Michiana land. This is News To Go, your podcast full of national news and information that is viable for your day. My name is Keith Thews, your podcast host on this very, very, very cold Wednesday morning. Alright, so let's go ahead without further ado and let's get into the all-important wind chill advisory and school closings and delays that we have currently courtesy of WSBT and the National Weather Service. Here is your news source 1 Makiana Weather and School Closings Report for today. Wind chill advisory remains in effect until 11 a.m. EST slash 10 a.m. CST slash Wednesday. What? Very cold wind chills expected. Wind chills as low as 20 below zero are expected. Where? Portions of northern Indiana and northwest Ohio. When? From 1 a.m. EST slash midnight CST slash to 11 a.m. EST slash 10 a.m. CST slash Wednesday. Impacts? The cold wind chills could cause frostbite on exposed skin in as little as 30 minutes. Precautionary slash preparedness actions. Use caution while traveling outside. Wear appropriate clothing, a hat, and gloves. As of 12.38 a.m. when this was made, we have had no word on South Bend Community Schools decision. Stay tuned to Facebook alerts. Here are schools closed from WSBT but using e-learning, Bago, Brayman, Career and Success Academies, Concord, Elkhart, Gosson, John Glenn, Knox, Miss Hawaka, Michigan City, Middlebury, New Prairie United, Oregon Davis, United North, Tri-Township, Wanee, and finally Whitka. Schools totally closed include, Community Baptist Christian in South Bend and Laporte, two-hour delays Carston Schools, Clinton Christian, Culver, Eastern Pulaski, Miss Hawaka Catholic, and St. Paul's Lutheran, and Tritian Schools plus Fairfield Schools. Your Wednesday forecast. Wednesday a chance of flurries before 1 p.m., mostly sunny and cold, with a high near 10. Wind chill values as low as minus 15. West wind around 10 mph Wednesday night mostly clear, with a low around 2. Wind chill values as low as minus 10. South wind 5 to 10 mph Thursday at 20% chance of snow showers after 1 p.m., mostly cloudy, with a high near 29. Wind chill values as low as minus 5. South wind around 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour Thursday night a 40% chance of snow showers. Cloudy, with a low around 11. West wind around 10 miles per hour becoming north after midnight. Friday a 30% chance of snow, mainly before 1 p.m., partly sunny and cold, with a high near 18. Friday night mostly cloudy, with a low around minus 1. Saturday mostly sunny and cold, with a high near 17. Alright, so that is your very important weather information. Again, remember we do have very, very cold conditions out there. This is our coldest temperatures we have had in the 2021-2022 winter season. So please dress accordingly. There is talk of some Warming centers that are opening up, please check our Facebook group or other social media for information on those. 
And uh, if we have any more additional information that we need to pass on in regards to the cold weather, we will let you know on our Facebook group. Well, how are you doing out there on this hump day? Please make sure that you are allowing extra time to reach your destination. Um, make sure that you've got heat in your car. If you're taking the dogs out, make sure they're not out very long at all. And again, continue to allow your water pipes to not freeze by allowing your faucets to run at a trickle today. It'll be very inexpensive to do so and prevent you from a very costly breaking of pipes. Please do not leave any pets in vehicles at all. Check on loved ones. Make sure the homeless are okay. Um, this is just brothers and sisters and everybody helping each other out today. Um, we'll all get through this together. Please continue to pray for the Eastern Europe area and Ukraine and Russia. Things are still very, very high in the tension. And I will be keeping you up to date in the afternoon on Michiana Speak Out. Well, programming today is going to have bonus on our podcast this morning. We have the hero police officer from the January 6th insurrection riots, whatever you want to call, back in 2021. He did a podcast yesterday, a national podcast and uh, first time he spoke since then. And so I have downloaded that podcast and moved it over to our iRadio channel. It is a podcast that you do not want to miss. So please jump on over after you listen to the News to Go show uh, so you get a chance to hear his story. Uh, It is uh, very educational, very informational And so because we have that special podcast on the iRadio broadcast station, uh, we are moving some of our programs over here. We have our uh, Axios program, we have the Town Hall Review, and we have Face Palm America also here immediately following the news to go. So without further ado, let's go on to our regular programming of news for you, and then on to our bonus material. Please have a great Wednesday. Stay warm. We'll get through this just fine. Hey, by the way, there's talk of uh, temperatures above freezing in the next few days to next week. Look forward to that. Better days ahead. News Nation this hour, I'm James Sears. The U.S. and its NATO allies are rushing to prepare for the possibility of war as Russia conducts military drills near its border with Ukraine. This while Ukrainian leaders are trying to maintain calm, saying a Russian invasion is not imminent. News Nation's Jesse Turner in Washington. To keep Putin guessing, the Biden administration is not disclosing exactly what financial punishments it has ready. There are going to be serious economic consequences if he moves. While they could cut Russia off from U.S. dollars and international banking, President Biden said they will also include personal sanctions against his Russian counterpart. As many as 8,500 U.S. troops are on standby to join the NATO response force on the eastern flank in an effort to deter President Putin. A COVID mandate for some 80 million workers is officially over today. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration ended it after the Supreme Court blocked the rule, but the agency says it will keep working to get big businesses to require vaccinations or tests. 
The Federal Reserve is expected to announce today it's raising interest rates as soon as March as it concludes its two-day meeting. Bank rates' Greg McBride says the economy is doing better, but inflation is near 7 percent, so the Fed must take action. They need to start raising interest rates uh, in order to dull demand just a little bit and corral these price increases. Of course, the supply chain, a big factor in the price increases that we've seen. He says prepare now. Everything from the cost of getting a mortgage to your line of credit will spike. So grab the low rate 0% balance of transfers while you can. No word yet on how much rates will go up. The Fed is expected to take baby steps since this will be the first of several hikes to come. Investigators in California say a rare winter wildfire on the central coast began when high winds blew embers from a pile burn onto nearby vegetation. That spread flames fast between Big Sur and Carmel. The fire remains at 700 acres, but is now half contained. David Ortiz will be a baseball Hall of Famer, while Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens will not. Ortiz was announced into the National Baseball Hall of Fame's 2022 class yesterday. Bonds and Clemens did not make the cut in what was their final year on the ballot. Both were faces of the game's steroid era. And Disney's rethinking its live-action remake of Snow White after being called out by a Game of Thrones star. Peter Dinklage says it's backwards thinking to still use dwarfs. Disney-confirmed filmmakers will work with culture consultants to avoid reinforcing stereotypes. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and on the News Nation Now app. I'm James Sears. From the Black Information Network, this is the BIM Daily Update. I'm Vanessa Tyler. And I'm Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Look on the brothers and sisters in blue from Precinct 32. Wrap your loving arms around them. Their prayers outside a New York precinct. Now two cops dead in the line of duty in New York City. First, it was 22-year-old Jason Rivera. His partner, 27-year-old officer Wilbert Mora, was holding on. But Police Commissioner African-American Keyshawn Sewell says he didn't pull through. The commissioner calling him a hero three times over for his service, his sacrifice, and in death, the donation of his organs. Both cops ambushed, responding to a domestic call from a black mother who feared her mentally ill 47-year-old son, who also died when a third officer on the scene returned fire. The federal trial continues for the other three ex-Minneapolis, Minnesota cops on the scene as convicted cop Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd. The jury for a J. Alexander King, Thomas Lane, and Tutau watched the video the world saw of the last moments of Floyd's life. And the jury heard as the crowd pleaded with the officers to do something. Is he breathing right now? Check his pulse. Check his pulse. Check his pulse, Kyle. By their inaction, the officers are accused of violating George Floyd's civil rights. As the Minnesota trial shows, cops are getting arrested, charged, and in many cases doing hard time for what they do on the job. Just Recently, three Pennsylvania cops were charged with manslaughter for firing at suspects. Reportedly, their bullets hit and killed an eight-year-old black child. New research shows in 2021, a record number of 21 officers faced criminal charges and fatal police shootings while on the job. That number is triple from seven back in 2017. Still, activists say it's just the start of the criminal justice reform needed. Haiti can't catch a break. Another disaster has hit the island. At least two people are dead and hundreds of homes are destroyed after two earthquakes hit the country earlier this week. The quakes, magnitude 5.3 and 5.1, hit about an hour apart 
around 70 miles west of the capital, Port-au-Prince. Last August, a magnitude 7.2 quake left more than 2,200 people dead. There is now a criminal investigation into the death of a Connecticut black woman who died of acute intoxication with a concoction of alcohol and drugs in her system after a date with a white man she met on a dating app. Bridgeport police criticized for bungling the case involving 23-year-old Lawrence Smithfields say they are investigating with the help of the DEA. Lawrence's family is demanding the Justice Department take over the case. And finally, it's always good to have an inside connection, and Mary Awudeli is it. The tech consultant believes in reaching back and pulling others along. Black Enterprise reports she's made a business of it, launching My Tech Best Friend Academy, which focuses on career development for those who want to step in and step up in the high-paying business of tech. I'm Vanessa Tyler with Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Ohio is full of all kinds of people. Some are early birds and some are night owls. Some work on a job site while others go to class. And some work out at night while others burn the midnight oil. Though no matter who you are or what you do, we can all be at risk of developing an addiction to drugs or alcohol. If you know someone struggling with addiction, there is hope. Visit TakeChargeOhio.org slash get help. Together, we can take charge of our future. Brought to you by the State of Ohio. I'm Mike Stevens. And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Thank you, thank you, South Carolina! That was Joe Biden thanking black South Carolina voters for supporting him in the primary and ultimately in the general election. Experts agree he would not have become president without them and the support of black Congressman Jim Clyburn from the Palmetto State. But now black voters in that state and across the country say they're disappointed with how he has handled certain aspects of his job, like voting rights. Our ancestors fought long and hard to get these rights for us, and for them to be taken away it would be detrimental. Now, she's not totally disappointed. She and others there agree with how he has handled COVID, but not inflation. Going forward? We will continue to be with him, but he needs to be with us walking side by side, not behind us, not necessarily in front of us, but side by side as Martin Luther King did. A new NBC News poll shows nationwide Biden's approval rating among black voters has declined from 83 percent to 64 percent during his first year in office. In Detroit, Wayne County, Michigan's black executive and black sheriff are criticizing a local magistrate for a low bond given to a man accused of shooting at deputies. Officials say Alex Haley was arrested January 18th after driving erratically and cutting off a fire truck on its way to an emergency. When deputies pulled him over, they say Haley opened fired, hitting one of the police vehicles. At his court hearing, a judge gave him a $100,000 personal bond with an electronic monitoring bracelet. The personal bond means Haley did not have to pay anything to stay out of jail. Black Vice President Kamala Harris is putting a spotlight on a horrible crime. Trafficking is an extremely heinous and profitable business. 
During a White House event, the vice president said human beings are literally buying and selling other people around the world, and many of them are black. Kamala Harris noted millions of people are victimized in schemes ranging from forced labor to prostitution. The battle over mask mandates is a fight in many communities. Now in South Carolina, soon it could be against the law to ask someone their vaccine status. A newly proposed bill would make it a criminal offense for anyone to ask someone if they are vaccinated or not. A Republican state representative is one of its co-sponsors. The legislation sparking controversy is being called a freedom and job protection issue. As we get closer to Black History Month, we're taking notice of several African Americans who played an important role in history. That includes Bessie Coleman. She was a true trailblazer, the first black woman to hold a pilot's license, and the black woman from Texas had to go to France in 1921 to get it. These days, there's lots of black women around the country and the world who have followed in her footsteps up in the skies of course for more on these stories and international national state and local news affecting the black community listen to the black information network on the iHeartRadio app i'm mike stevens with vanessa tyler on your home for 24 7 news the black information network ever wish for fuller lips With Juvederm Lip Fillers, a licensed specialist can help you get the customized look you've been wanting. Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC can give your lips that boost of volume you've been wanting. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Your money on the Black Information Network. Rising home prices have pushed many out of the market, and experts say those looking for a new place will have to be patient. Luis Torres with the Real Estate Center at Texas A&M says interest rates are on the rise. Some have mentioned they expect between two to four Fed funds increases during 2022. Torres says this is not a bad thing. It's not bad in the regard that maybe it's going to slow down the market back to more normal level. The average home price in Texas, for example, went from a about 278,000 in 2020 to more than 388,000 in 2021. Torres predicts that the feds will increase interest rates and that will slow down the housing market. I think it's going to be better for the housing market once we go back to more normal trends than we saw before COVID hit the economy. And nationwide, the price of a used car has skyrocketed 37% in the past year and a lack of inventory is to blame. The average price of a used car has soared above $28,000 for the first time ever. Not only is the rise in prices hurting business, but it's also hurting the lower income buyer. Prices are so high, some people can't find a car they can afford. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Shelly Wade on the Black Information Network. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. 
When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 2022 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. Vladimir Putin is obviously still the master of his game, but does he see a risk of miscalculation? Former National Security Council Russia director Fiona Hill expects Russia to invade Ukraine, arguing that Putin wants the United States out of the region. It would be insane for them to go into Ukraine, but the worry is it might not be from his perspective because he's looking at different information and his mindset is very different. On Tuesday, President Joe Biden said he told Putin the U.S. would deploy thousands of troops to Eastern Europe if Russia continues to amass troops along Ukraine's border. Putin accused the U.S. of stoking tensions while Russia held military drills near the border. The Biden administration is withdrawing its vaccine or test mandate for businesses with at least 100 employees. 27 Republican-led states had challenged the mandate, and the Supreme Court ruled it was federal overreach. Meanwhile, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is vowing to fight the White House after the FDA pulled its emergency authorization for two COVID-19 drugs. Outright revoked authorization for two very popular monoclonal antibody treatments that the state of Florida really pioneered over the summer and that we've worked hard to make available uh, to our residents uh, who needed treatment. FDA says the drugs are ineffective against the Omicron variant, which accounts for the majority of cases, but proponents note that the Delta variant has not been fully eradicated. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she's running for re-election in this year's midterms. Our democracy is at risk because of assaults on the truth, the assault on the U.S. Capitol, and the state-by-state assault on voting rights. This election is crucial. Nothing less is at stake than our democracy. The California Democrat turns 82 in March and had previously promised to step down as House leader after 2022. The leader of the right-wing group Oath Keepers pleaded not guilty to seditious conspiracy for his role in the January 6th Capitol riot. Stuart Rhodes' attorney says claims that he conspired to use force to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election are fiction. Far-right conspiracy theorist Alex Jones says he met virtually with the House Select Committee investigating the attack and pleaded the fifth on the advice of counsel. Jones noted he wanted to answer questions, but feared the committee would twist his words. A week before the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics begin, Republican U.S. Representatives Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington and Bob Latta of Ohio wrote a letter to NBC Universal executives citing concerns that China would censor TV coverage of the games. Policy advisor for Hong Kong Watch Joey Su believes the U.S. should boycott the games altogether, over the communist country's human rights abuses. Any form of participation in the upcoming 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics is equivalent to endorsing its escalating atrocities. 
And any form of appeasement policy is no different than allowing China to continue its oppression. The U.S. is among 10 nations that are diplomatically boycotting the games. I'm Mary Sherman for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. Diplomatic advisers from Ukraine, Russia, France and Germany are meeting in Paris for talks. This as tension continues in Europe over Russia's military build-up on Ukraine's borders. From FSN's bureau in Paris, here's Ross Cullen. The meeting comes as part of the so-called Normandy format between the four countries. The French president says dialogue must continue with Moscow, but Europe must also prepare a punitive response to any further aggression by Russia. Emmanuel Macron is set to hold a separate call with Ukrainian leader Zelensky and Russian President Putin on Friday. Ross Cullen, Paris. I don't know is the answer. I think it's fairly imminent, but we don't know when it will be. I don't think it's a good idea to comment on these claims before we've seen the results of the report. So I'm waiting for the report. I'm not aware of the details and we need to wait for the report. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is bracing for a leadership challenge over a series of parties it's claimed broke COVID lockdown rules. Police are now investigating whether any events in and around Downing Street over the last two years were illegal. An independent investigation by civil servant Sue Gray into parties held by officials is also set to be published imminently. A number of Conservative MPs have signalled they could mount a leadership challenge at that point. Foreign Secretary Liz Truss says the investigation is expected soon, but she doesn't know what will be in it. I don't know is the answer. I think it's fairly imminent, but we don't know when it will be. I don't think it's a good idea to comment on these claims before we've seen the results of the report. So I'm waiting for the report. I'm not aware of the details and we need to wait for the report. India is celebrating its 73rd Republic Day with scaled down festivities. The country is grappling with an ongoing COVID-19 wave, so some traditions have been done away with, as Ishan Gurg reports from New Delhi. The number of attendees at the parade have been limited to 8,000, drastically down from 125,000 people attending the parade in pre-pandemic times. The country had also hoped to invite the heads of five Central Asian nations, but the plans were dropped as the capital New Delhi quickly emerged as an Omicron hotspot. So for a second consecutive year, the celebrations are going on without a guest of honor. But other traditions remain alive. An exhibition of 25 tableaus displaying India's cultural diversity is still on display. The parade route has also been renovated as part of a multi-billion dollar redevelopment project. Authorities say this is symbolic of the strides India has made in the seven decades since its independence from colonial rule. Ishan Garg, New Delhi. The Dutch government's easing its COVID-19 restrictions, which have been among the toughest in Europe over the turn of the year. Hospitality settings will be allowed to reopen until 10pm, despite COVID cases continuing to rise through lockdown. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend. News Source 1 Michiana is actively monitoring the Russia-Ukraine border crisis and will keep you informed on the latest developments on our Facebook group.
This is a serious global issue to follow. Stay tuned for more. Every Levin Furniture and Mattress celebrates the opening of our newest store in Altoona. Save 60% on select Sealy mattresses. Prices as low as $149. Take an extra 20% off Simmons Beauty Rest Sealy Posturepedic and Serta Perfect Sleeper. Plus an exclusive $60 discount and 60 months no interest financing on Tempur-Pedic and Purple. It's the 60-60-60 grand opening mattress event at Levin Furniture and Mattress. I want to welcome to Face Palm America Alexandra uh, Petri. She is a, a columnist with the Washington uh, Post, and I, I really kind of consider her the the inheritor of the the mantle of Dave Barry because her her columns just just make me giggle on on a regular basis. And and there is something that that I had noticed um, earlier in the week, and that she had had noticed and, and brought up in her column that I think really deserves some national attention, and, and it really had my head scratching. Um, the article that we're talking about is uh, nine questions I have about the new, more inclusive M&M mascots. That's Alexandra Petri's uh, column in the Washington Post. You can find that at WashingtonPost.com. Let me just, just read to you uh, briefly from the opening of a story that sort of outlines uh, what's, what's been going on here. M&M's iconic characters, six different colored lentils, and that's in quotes in the article, each with their own personality, have, have gotten a modern makeover for a more dynamic, progressive world, Mars said Thursday. Now, when they say Mars, I, I assume they're talking about the candy maker as opposed to the planet, although I'm really not entirely sure. The redesign is focused on creating a, a sense of belonging and community, as well as spotlighting the, the character's personality uh, rather than their gender. Alexandra, welcome to Face Palm America. Thank you for, for being here. Um, tell us... Tell Thanks us, for having me. Yeah. What, what is going on here? What's, what is happening with, with the candies that we have known so long? Yeah, I think my biggest question is, but they're still for eating, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, assuming that they're not actually, you know, lentils, uh, you know, in, in, yeah, in, in no, the literal also sense. Yeah, no, lentil question, we should put a pin in it because I'm very confused about this development. I guess they've always been shaped like lentils, and they're just sort of burying that. And they're really the main point of this entire press campaign is to accustom us to the notion that M&Ms are the shape of lentils. And just <laughs> that's going to be the piece of information we all assimilate quickly and easily because yeah. we're so – floored by the developments, but a great stride of progress if something I'm a, supposed to be eating has a yeah. more elaborate backstory now. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what, I mean, if, if we went to, like, a, a bovine feedlot, and, and we were, you know, assigning, you know, assuming that, that, that our listeners eat meat, I'm sure some of them do, some of them don't, I do, and I, I really wouldn't be particularly, you know, engaged or, or, or comforted if I if I heard the the diverse backstories of of the different you know cattle that were uh, about to be um, so to speak processed on on my behalf and and given that we've kind of 
you know, develop this sort of cutesy, humorous group of, of wacky guys that we're now kind of dealing with them seriously in depth. You know, these are the, the, the cartoon M&Ms that we see. I, I guess I see them most frequently, um, you know, before a movie, um, you know, and, and they're certainly present in, in TV programs and, and, and on social media. Um, I, I'm, I'm just wondering how that helps us and, and how it engages people in, in a way such that they're more likely to eat M&Ms as opposed to less likely. Because, you know, if, if I if – I, honestly, maybe it's just no, exactly, me. Exactly, yeah. I, if, I think, if I care about a person, I don't want to eat them so much. Yeah, as somebody who's been watching the NBC's Hannibal a great deal during <laughs> these pandemic times, I think the point of somebody telling you, you know, I've been working really hard to – accept my anxiety. I've done a lot of work on myself. I'm trying not to bully people anymore. You know, I realize that my I'm more than just my boots and I'm trying to establish female friendships that lift one another up and spread shine, whatever that is, uh, <laughs> rather than spreading shade. That, that was from their their words, not mine. Right, right. Uh, my response to that is that, great, I will nonetheless eat you just as I was planning to eat you in advance, which I, I do realize like Hannibal, you know, he spends a lot of time, he's a psychotherapist, he spends right. a lot of time working on his uh, clients' self-esteem, and so maybe it helps with the flavor. I, I don't know, <laughs> but I, I do think the idea that, like, now I know more, I just sort of feel bad. I'm supposed to be consuming them, right. but now I know too much. I know. So I it... guess it's effective in the sense that I'm not going to buy M&Ms to eat because I now have there's too much anthropomorphism. Again, I'm somebody who, like, I have a Roomba, and I'll anthropomorphize the Roomba. Like, I, you know, one of the – the battery keels over, uh-huh. and I'm like, this Roomba is sad because the other Roomba is no longer with it. Right. It's like these elaborate backstories. But the last thing I need from something that it just wants me to eat, it's lenticular chocolate, <laughs> is to know the real details. Well, I mean, part of the problem is the, as you said, they have these figures, this – merry band of mascots right and i think it's always sort of suspicious when the mascot is the thing that they want you to consume you know when you have like a barbecue place and the mascot is a pig and it's like what sinister deal did this pig make that it was spared like what (laughs) it's it's sort of a capo really you know it's a, I, I, it, it, it's like betrayed its own in in order to further its existence just for a, a couple of brief moments, and 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 betraying a, a, an entire whatever it happens to be, you know, lenticular chocolates, you know, a pig or or, or whatever, but it's it yeah, just no, seems deeply morally suspicious. wrong here. Yeah, I, 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 these collaborators, these yes. uh, these these chocolates are sitting here, and. They want us to eat the other chocolates who, whose stories we – I guess we know their stories, and so we know that they're more real than the others, and they're not – like if you start picking at it too much, like most commercials, mm-hmm. like Mr. Peanut, all the stuff <laughs> where Mr. Peanut was being reincarnated, right. he's, is, is he like a, he's a grandee among peanuts? He's selling you his kind. Right. It's just it, – it's yeah, people need to – Contemplate what they're doing. And by the way, you, you reminded me, and we addressed this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, is that there are jobs open for if you want to be the driver of the peanut mobile. Um, so you know, just to just to kind of loop that that in. Um, you know, another question that you ask is, is do these individuals? Well, people always say I'm driving them nuts. 
So <laughs> I feel like I'd be good at that. Let, let me, let me exactly. You 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 set off my uh, internal alarm system. Um, so the the most notable uh, changes. I'm reading some more about what they've done here specifically uh, to the green M M&M, is to the green M and M's design. So they're they're going to exchange the green M and M's uh, uh, white heeled go go boots that she was uh, given in 1997 for for cool laid back sle- sneakers. Uh, to reflect her effortless uh, confidence, because they are concerned apparently that that she has too uh, you know sexy a a characterization. So in addition to being lentils, in addition to uh, dealing with uh, gender balance, we also have to apparently you know, contend with the relative sexiness of of our M and M's, which is which is a whole difficult area in and of itself. I think. No, there's so much going on here. So yeah. we've got a an M&M, and they're like, no, no, she's she's too sexy. We can't let this M&M be defined by how sexy she is. Right. We've got to define her by other characteristics, so we're right. going to change her footwear. Also, there's nothing wrong with being sexy, obviously. Yeah. Like, wear what you want. Wear, like, your, your exciting boots instead of your cool, hip, laid back. I feel like any sneaker that has to have that many adjectives, is they know the sneaker doesn't look <laughs> that cool, and they're really trying to – prepare us for how the sneaker will look by just loading it down with modifiers. But yeah. I do think – what a weird sentence to say. Like, the green M&M, she should feel free to be as sexy as she wants. And that's because we've gone down this horrible rabbit hole where they're like, well, we have to have a female M&M, but how will we know that it's female? Well, it'll be wearing sexy boots. And <laughs> suddenly it's just like – we put too much gender on the M and M's, and now there's a whole problem. And they're, they're, you see, they're stepping back uh, a, a little bit, but I, I have not seen any reference here to them removing the the uh, larger than normal eyelashes for the the female uh, for, for the female M and M's. So, I mean, are we addressing that? I, I think they all. I, I don't see it mentioned here, but I think they also said that that the other female M and M, the brown. M&M is going to have uh, the heels shortened to a yeah, more professional height. Her heels are made height. more sensible. Exactly. Um, I, well, I mean, it's good that this is what we're spending time on as a, as a nation. I feel like this is sort of – this is what we should be absolutely delving into in this amount yes. of depth because it is it is sort of this bizarre thing. Like how do you signify that like your green lenticular chocolate is a feminine green <laughs> lenticular chocolate? Like, well, you've got to yeah, give her all this – these elaborate eyelashes and make her lips really pop. But, like, she doesn't need that. They could, <laughs> and it's true. They don't, haven't really dealt with that. So I guess we're discovering that the M&Ms were reifying gender in a strange – just like, what, how did we get here, you know? Yes. I, and I, I still – the bottom line is, I can still eat them, though. I just, I just want to still be able to eat them. That that, that really um, is that really is the important thing, I think. Still unsure about the vaccine? These Michigan doctors want you to hear them out. We're seeing more patients admitted with severe disease. It's heartbreaking for me to have to turn to my patient in the bed and to say, you need to make that phone call because we're putting you on life support. And when you have to tell a family member that they've lost a loved one, it's just brutal. In order to keep Michigan safe, it's so important to get vaccinated. Find your vaccine at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.
Evolving markets require an alternative approach to investing. Cut through the volatility with Yield Street investments that target fixed durations and income generation. Explore investments in art, real estate, legal finance, and more with minimums starting at $1,000 and targeting annual yields up to 15%. Discover the difference of a diverse portfolio with Yield Street. Head to YieldStreet.com to create your account today. We're speaking to Alexandra Petri. She is a columnist with the Washington Post, and her uh, article is Nine Questions I Have About the New, More Inclusive M&M Mascots. It occurs to me also that this is something that uh, Mars, uh, again, presumably the candy company as opposed to the planet, uh, probably spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on rolling out uh, redesigning the graphics, writing press releases, uh, distributing them to uh, media organizations, and, and conceptualizing how we need to change our, 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 our cartoon product line, which, again, is not actually our product, per se, presumably, in order to reflect a more progressive, like, diverse uh, landscape. And, and, and in the middle of... Um, in the middle of COVID, uh, in in the middle of uh, all the other problems that we have, that that seems a very interesting choice, uh, is in terms of uh, allocating resources. Yeah, no, it's, it's sort of like thrillingly insulting when it's like, here's what we think will appeal to you, and it's like, well, we've g- given this Eminem a different personality because we know Gen Z, like, yes, it takes a very real things where it's like. People want better representation of women. Okay, the M and M's are on it. It's like, no, this yeah. is not how we wanted that. Like, this isn't the area where people were pushing that button ardently, demanding to. And I do. I mean, it is a problem when you have a whole set of characters and you have the sort of I think it's called Smurfette syndrome, where there's yes. like six characters and one of their personality is girl, and it's like, no, right. that that's not a. There's so many different ways to be a person that we need to be a little more specific. And now I don't know what. Green's personality is because I think her personality was like she had cool footwear, but now I guess it's laid back footwear. Anyway, she's going through some things, and I don't know. Nobody yeah, that's, asked. That, it, it, she's 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 been robbed of that, and I and I honestly I, I feel kind of kind of bad for her. And you know, yeah, you're right about Smurfette, but I mean, there were a hundred Smurfs, and there was one Smurfette, and and in this case, you have you know what the two female. To, to four male, you know. So I mean, I mean, you're you're still, I suppose, try, striving towards uh, gender uh, parity. But but you did mention in passing there one of the other changes uh, that they're making, and that is to the uh, to the orange M M&M. and M. Um, I'm reading again from from the article from CBS News. The orange M M&M, and M, who has an anxious personality, will embrace his true self, worries and all. But the orange M and M's shoelaces will now be tied to represent his cautious nature. Uh, according to Mars, the orange M&M is one of the most relatable characters with, with Gen Z, which is the most anxious generation. So, uh, <laughs> again, a bunch of things there. One, why were his shoelaces uh, untied uh, to begin with? Two, uh, all of Gen Z now is, is anxious, uh, the anxious generation, I, I, I suppose you know, akin to the, the lost generation in, in a way. But um, it also, you know, raises questions uh, to my mind about, okay, well, uh, Gen Z, uh, anxious, understandably uh, given the circumstances, but perhaps if we were allocating resources uh, in in a way that that didn't involve focusing first on the gender parity of 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 
chocolate candies, uh, perhaps they would be uh, <laughs> in a better frame of mind in terms of their anxiousness. I don't know. There's just there's just well, so much yeah, there. I mean, as, as a millennial, I think you know I. Obviously, I can't guess what Gen Z wants other than I know that nothing I'm doing is cool or right. That seems to be the gen- general takeaway from Gen Z. Um, but I do think, like, destigmatizing mental health is a great thing. Like, it's sure. good Like that if Gen Z, like, is able to be, like, more open about dealing with anxiety. That's a great thing. Is the way of going about this, though, for Mars Company, uh, not yeah. the God of War, but the candy company, <laughs> to be like – no, but this M&M that you're going to eat, this orange one, he's got the same issues that you have. No, <laughs> I'm supposed to be eating him. I, yes. I, I just keep coming back to the fact that ultimately they've created a beautiful rainbow of uh, individuals who all have backstories that I'm yes. supposed to relate to. But I'm supposed to be eating them? Why is this progress? Yeah, yeah very good point. And also let's let's consider separately – the diversity of, of the actual product itself. There are at this point just a tremendous varieties, you know, both in the United States and internationally, of, of different flavors of M&Ms. M&Ms. We got we got the milk chocolate, we got the dark chocolate, we got the white chocolate, we got the peanut, we got the almonds, we got uh, p- the peanut butter, and and they're all manner of seasonal varieties. I mean, I could I could just go on and on. Now that that is is real diversity. And and I, I I I think that we should we should be boosting that. That's going to boost uh, you know intake uh, numbers as far as M and M's go. Although maybe subtly, and I'm, I'm I'm sort of bear with me here, Alexander, because I'm trying to play three dimensional chess. Maybe the object is to actually get people to eat fewer M and M's as a as a public health measure, as a, as the public good. Um, and, and that uh, that is is what they are, are trying to do here, because I, I just can't see a scenario in which all of these you know, strange uh, adjustments to these these uh, these characters are actually going to make an improvement in their bottom line, which presumably is is what Mars wants, you know, really. But but I don't know. Maybe 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 they're they're engaging in this in this very deep you know, a process of, of trying to ease people off of their product. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'm always confused by because isn't all chess three-dimensional? Like, what kind of <laughs> boards are people playing? Are they playing, like, by mail? <laughs> chess by mail, I think, is two-dimensional. But most right. other forms of chess, as far as I can tell, if you're playing with the same chess edition I am, is three-dimensional. So that's just like they're just playing regular chess. That's, so, a, that's um, a damn good point. I never thought of that before. I think – yeah, I, I don't know. I think ultimately their end game is what we're doing right now, which is discussing their product in depth. <laughs> hey, if you like chocolate candies that come in a variety of flavors, as we've just pointed That's out. Right. Um, yeah, no, I feel like yeah. Well, yeah, well the so last laugh is the anthropomorphic. They have the last laugh in it. it, it we, we we can we can hash it or, or reach it, hash it, but you know, regardless of. Of, of their individual unique personalities and, and diversity and, and reflectiveness of, of our, our society as a whole, I'm still going to just like grab a, a whole bunch of them and stuff them in my mouth. I guess, I guess as an American consumer, that really is my patriotic duty. Yeah, the house always wins. Uh, and by the house, I mean <laughs> Mars Corporation. 
or, or, or the planet or, or whatever it is because yeah. really this, this article, um, not, not yours, but uh, the CBS one is not specific. I, I, I prefer to think it's the planet or the god of war. Um, I, I, I like to maintain that fantasy. Alexandra Petri, uh, she is a, a columnist for the Washington Post. Again, her article, please read it. It, it brings up even more than we have brought out here. But again, uh, the underlying question is, are we supposed to eat these still? Um, nine questions I have about the new, more inclusive M&M mascots. Thank you so much for being with us, and, and I hope uh, we, can, we can have you on again. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Evolving markets require an alternative approach to investing. Cut through the volatility with Yield Street investments that target fixed durations and income generation. Explore investments in art, real estate, legal finance, and more with minimums starting at $1,000 and targeting annual yields up to 15%. Discover the difference of a diverse portfolio with Yield Street. Head to YieldStreet.com to create your account today. The day of the accident, I look down at my bike speedometer, and the next thing I know, I look up and I see bumpers coming at me. My scapula had been shattered into five pieces, totally destroyed that shoulder. With the help of Premier Health Orthopedics, I've been able to go back to my regular lifestyle. I'm able to split wood with an axe, do pull-ups, do push-ups. Without their help, I don't believe I would be where I'm at today. To find an orthopedic specialist and make an appointment, visit PremierHealth.com slash ortho. Thank you. 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 Thank Every Levin Furniture and Mattress celebrates the opening of our newest store in Altoona. Save 60% on select Sealy mattresses. Prices as low as $149. Take an extra 20% off Simmons Beauty Rest Sealy Posture Pedic and Serta Perfect Sleeper. Plus an exclusive $60 discount and 60 months no interest financing on Temper Pedic and Purple. It's the 60-60-60 grand opening mattress event at Levin Furniture and Mattress. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs, host of the Sports Psychology Hour. Is your New Year's resolution to become stronger, healthier, and more resilient? Then start with the Rewire Fitness Neuro Performance app. Rewire Fitness takes a holistic approach to achieving peak performance, letting you strengthen both your body and mind with Rewire's integrated resilience training system. Go to winnersunlimited.com slash rewire. Click Learn More to sign up for your free 7-day trial of Rewire Fitness. That's winnersunlimited.com slash rewire. Every Levin Furniture and Mattress celebrates the opening of our newest store in Altoona. Save 60% on select Sealy mattresses. Prices as low as $149. Take an extra 20% off Simmons Beauty Rest Sealy Posture Pedic and Serta Perfect Sleeper. Plus an exclusive $60 discount and 60 months no interest financing on Temper Pedic and Purple. It's the 60-60-60 grand opening mattress event at Levin Furniture and Mattress. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joined now by Arkansas United States Senator Tom Cotton. Good morning, Senator Cotton. How are you? I'm good, Hugh. Uh, hope you're well. Good morning I, to you and all your listeners. I am now in many mock drafts. Arkansas receiver Traylon Burks. 
the six foot three, two hundred and twenty five pound giant, is going to the Browns in a mock draft. Uh, I assume that will make you a Browns fan, Senator. <laughs> well, that'll be a good get for y'all, and we always love to see the Razorback players uh, going on to play in the NFL. Uh, we got all of Texas rooting for Cleveland now, so I'm hoping uh, that that with with uh, Baker and Miles, so I'm hoping to bring you into the fold. Senator, I have a, a touchy question. Uh, you've been a guest on this show regularly since 2011, before you even entered the House of Representatives. So I guess you've been on like 500 times, and you've had to talk to Dwayne every time you've called in. So I'm just wondering if there's anything you'd like to say to Dwayne, like the president said to Peter Ducey yesterday. <laughs> no, Hugh, I would reserve that only for you when I'm talking about you too, Dwayne. <laughs> do, you, do you want to clear the air about it? I mean, I don't want you to be caught on a hot mic. I want you to do so purposefully. I'm told that Army veterans have rather colorful language. Navy people are very virtuous in their speech, but then Army veterans can have an array of terms that they would use about Dwayne. Well, sometimes I, I've been asked that question, um, and uh, I'll say that uh, you can't expect the T-Rex to have table manners, you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, I, was talking about, I was talking about soldiers, not about Dwayne. Oh, well, okay, that's good, because Dwayne doesn't have table manners either. You notice what he took offense to. He took offense to. Senator, let's get, let's get serious. Um, according to a group of 10... Serious people who have a chat room, Putin has established supply depots, which is the penultimate step to invasion, the last step being the establishment of field hospitals. Do you expect the invasion of Ukraine to occur soon? Um, Hugh, I'll put it this way. Every indicator we have suggests that Putin is building up these troops, not as a feint, not as demonstration, not as leverage, but because he plans to go for the jugular. He plans to invade Ukraine probably all the way up to Kiev in the middle of the country uh, across the Dnieper River and take the entire Black Sea coast all the way down to Odessa, linking up with Transnistria, a breakaway section of Moldova that Russia has long supported. Um, maybe that won't happen, but every indicator suggests that it will happen. What should the United States do when hostilities begin, and what should we be doing right now? Um, well, Hugh, let me take a step back if I can. Uh, to talk to you and your audience about why I think we got here, because I think it informs what we should do. Please. Um, why, why has Vladimir Putin stationed 135,000 troops on Ukraine's border? Uh, what he has been saying the last two months uh, is a pretext. It's red herrings. He says that he cannot tolerate Ukraine and NATO. Well, Ukraine's not in NATO. Ukraine doesn't have a plan to join NATO. No NATO leaders have said they want Ukraine in NATO. In uh, any kind of immediate or medium-term fashion. He said he can't tolerate large-scale military exercise in Ukraine. Well, we don't have large-scale military exercise in Ukraine. It's not like what we do in our NATO allies, such as Poland. We have a few advisors there from time to time, but we have those in countries around the world. Um, those are all red herrings. The, the real reasons that Vladimir Putin has postured these troops in Ukraine, is that he wants to reassemble the greater Russian empire, not just back from the Soviet Russia days, but all the way back to the Tsarist days. And there cannot be a Russian empire without Ukraine in Vladimir Putin's mind. Second, he wants a ring of non-democratic states surrounding Russia as buffers. And third, he does not want anything like democratic or representative government in Slavic lands like Ukraine or Belarus. 
the reason for that is he doesn't want his own people to look towards a democratic government in a place like Belarus or Ukraine and think, well, gosh, if it works there for them, it should work for us here in Russia. Those are the main reasons that Vladimir Putin is doing this. But, but Hugh, those have been reasons have been the case forever. Vladimir Putin has always wanted to reassemble greater Russia. He's always wanted a buffer zone. He's always worried about democratic movements in Russia. So what is it now that has caused him to move? Well, there, there are some factors that are not related to the United States, like the new coalition government in Germany or the president of France's re-election campaign coming up. But at root, it's that Joe Biden has appeased Vladimir Putin for a year. He's made him think he can get away with it. First thing he did when he came into office was a no-strings-attached extension of a badly one-sided nuclear arms control treaty for Russia. Vladimir Putin's number one priority, something that Donald Trump refused to do. Then he waived sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline into Germany, which was Vladimir Putin's second highest foreign policy priority. He basically looked the other way when Russia either sanctioned or at least um, didn't object to the colonial pipeline hack. And then, of course, Vladimir Putin saw, like the rest of the world, the debacle in Afghanistan in August. So Joe Biden's weakness and appeasement over the last year is in no small part the reason Vladimir Putin has chosen now, not last year, not five years ago, or any other time to go for the jugular. And I think the lesson from that is we need to be much tougher right now. We need to make sure that the Ukrainian army has the weapon it needs to defend itself. We should impose sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline right now. We should be very clear about the kind of sanctions that Russia would face if they invade Ukraine, cutting them off from the international banking system, sanctioning their oil and gas and their minerals and mining industries. These all have to be very clear right now because the only thing that Vladimir Putin will respond to is strength and toughness. He will not respond to appeasement and conciliation. That's what actually has gotten us to where we are. Now, Senator, uh, when Donald Trump had rules of engagement in Syria and little green Russian men came over the hill, they were all killed. And American troops did that. And it did not lead to a uh, international confrontation because Putin simply the, the blade hit steel and he withdrew. My question is, should American forces be involved in any way in, in responding to a Russian attack, whether it is from sea or by air or from CIA paramilitaries on the ground? If, if Putin rolls into Russia, do you rule anything out? Um, Hugh, we do not have a military alliance with Ukraine the way we do with NATO partners like Poland or, or the Baltic states. And at this point, uh, I think it's uh, too late to be deploying troops to, the, to Ukraine to try to deter Vladimir Putin. Um, however, we need to ensure that our European partners are doing everything they can to help shore up NATO's eastern flank, just as we need to cooperate with those partners to provide as much weaponry to the Ukrainian army as we can to help protect uh, their own territory. Now, if Vladimir Putin takes steps like trying to close um, the Black Sea to American naval vessels or tries to interfere with the free flow of international air travel, that's a horse of a different color. Well, let, uh, let me stay on, on Ukraine for a second, though, Senator. Uh, Ukraine's only hope may be asymmetrical response. Have we given them the means of an asymmetrical response? For example, a land-to-sea cruise missile that will threaten the Russian fleet, because that inflicts costs that Vladimir Putin may be unwilling to absorb. Hugh, I don't want to 
speak specifically about the kind of weapons we may have provided. There's been a lot of public reports about what we have provided and what other NATO nations have provided. I will tell you a story, though, about the time, uh, time I was in Ukraine. This was in the middle of 2015. Um, John McCain and I went to Dnipropetrovsk, as it was then called. We met with a lot of Ukrainian soldiers, in some cases volunteer militiamen, who were just back from the Eastern Front fighting the Russian troops in the Donbas region. And we met a, a burly uh, battalion commander. He'd been a young uh, lieutenant commanding a tank platoon in the last days of the Red Army. And he said to us, uh, Mr. Senators, we do not need uh, 100 Javelin missiles to blow up 100 Russian tanks. We only need one Javelin missile to blow up one Russian tank. His point being that Vladimir Putin was invading Ukraine then, in part because he thought he could get away with it. And when he first took casualties, it would prevent or present him with a whole new cost calculus, and it would strike fear in the heart of every one of those other tanks. So the weapons that we provide are, are not necessarily going to help the Ukrainian army defeat the Red Army, but it severely alters their cost-benefit calculus and hopefully will cause Vladimir Putin to back down. I mean, the ultimate result we want here is a peaceable outcome in which concessions are not granted to Russia, but rather... American and Western strength deters Vladimir Putin. Do you know, uh, Senator Cotton, we've talked about Putin's assets and his oligarchs' assets before. Uh, this week, or last week, actually, uh, one of our business accounts got blinked out a significant sum of money. Someone just hacked into the bank and took money. We'll get it back. I'm not worried about that. But it certainly is a message um, that, to, you know, take banking very seriously. Should we not be doing the same thing as a deterrent for Putin right now? I mean, now, not after he invades, but right now going in and blinking out some of his money and his oligarchs' money. Yes, Hugh. In fact, I've long argued that we should be more aggressive in trying to expose and seize the ill-gotten gains of the class of oligarchs who both benefit from and prop up Vladimir Putin's rule. Um, we can also take steps to expose the crimes they have committed against the Russian people by looting and pilfering the Russian state. Okay, my last question. Has anything about the Biden response been other than hapless? And that is a very intentional term. They are simply hapless. They do not appear to know what they're doing, Senator. It's hard to think of anything, Huey. Even when they're taking the right steps now, those right steps tend to be half measures, and they're certainly much too late. Um, you know, the time to deter Vladimir Putin was not when he added the 130,000 troops to the border of Ukraine. It was three months ago before he started this buildup. More to the point, it was a year ago when Joe Biden came into office acting like so many other Democrats had for four years, like a latter-day Jack Ryan from a Tom Clancy novel, beating their chest about standing up to Russia. But as soon as Joe Biden took office, he reverted back to his old, dovish Cold War ways. Um, you know, isn't it telling you that the last time a Democratic president was in the White House, Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. Now a Democratic president is in the White House. It appears that Vladimir Putin is preparing to invade Ukraine. But for four years, when Donald Trump was in the White House and the Democrats were screaming, Russia, 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 surprisingly, Vladimir Putin did not invade Ukraine. That should tell you how you approach Russia and Vladimir Putin from a position of strength and deterrence. You mentioned the killing of all those Russian paramilitaries in Syria. Remember, too, that uh, Donald Trump 
killed Qasem Soleimani. Somewhat out of the blue, there was not a big buildup. We got a shot and we took it, as we should have. Or when Xi Jinping was eating chocolate cake at dessert at their summit in Mar-a-Lago, and Donald Trump looked at him and said, I just ordered airstrikes in Syria. That's just the kind of thing that Ronald Reagan did as well. We have to confront our adversaries from a position of strength to deter their aggression. Any kind of appeasement or conciliation simply rewards them and encourages more aggression. Senator Cotton, thank you. Uh, I, I know they listen. I hope they heard, and I hope they do it. Senator Tom Cotton, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. I want to talk to you for a moment about a group I've done work with for years, ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack? Go to townhallreview.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom. Today's episode is sponsored by Google. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday, January 25th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Understanding yesterday's stock market boomerang. Plus, making babies in outer space. But first, today's one big thing. Russia's energy leverage over Europe. The U.S. has warned Russia of crippling sanctions if they invade Ukraine. But as Europe's main natural gas suppliers, it might be hard to get Europe to support that because Russia provides almost 40 percent of its natural gas supply. Axios Energy reporter Ben Geeman has been reporting on how Europe's energy reliance is a crucial shield for Vladimir Putin. Hey, Ben. Hi, thanks for having me back on. Ben, 40 percent reliance on Russia for natural gas for Europe seems significant. Can you put that in context for us? Yes. So the situation in Europe vis-a-vis energy and natural gas in particular was already very fragile and difficult for the Europeans even before this crisis with the Ukraine, right? So last year, for a whole variety of reasons, we saw these record natural gas prices in Europe. So the reasons range from weather to demand bouncing back from the pandemic to Russia already having lower supplies. And for all those reasons, Europe has already been feeling a lot of economic pain. So this is a really fraught time from an energy standpoint for Europe. And that is one reason why gaining unity on how to respond to this Russian aggression is going to be very difficult given the tough position that the Europeans are in because approximately 40% of Europe's natural gas does come from Russia, which is just a gigantic uh, mega supplier. And how did Europe become so reliant on Russian energy? Why haven't they been able to diversify? So to some extent, they have, right? So Europe has, you know, significantly increased its use of renewable electricity. And Europe has also been increasingly, to some extent, importing natural gas from other countries, including from the United States, which has emerged as a significant supplier of liquefied natural gas exports. But look, I mean, Russia and the U.S. and a few other countries are just the kind of big gas heavyweights. So despite efforts to diversify, Europe is still quite reliant. If Russia did cut off Europe from its natural gas supply, what would the consequence be? The consequences would be tremendous. In the near term, there would be just massive price spikes. Um, You know, I think to some extent, the Russians are cognizant of the fact that they do not want to lose a major consumer of their gas. So if they simply become too unpredictable, then that would hasten the efforts to find alternative suppliers elsewhere. Russia needs to make these calculations between wielding its leverage, which Vladimir Putin has certainly not been hesitant to do in the past, with also recognizing that it is going to need to want to maintain such a large-scale customer. Is the U.S. working, especially now during this crisis, to try to increase that supply? 
I mean, this is a tough situation because here's the thing. U.S. exporters have already been redirecting some of their flows toward Europe. It's not so clear how much U.S. LNG exports can expand, uh, especially quickly enough to sort of address the sort of immediate crisis that we're sensing. But it does seem like the U.S., in concert with other countries, wants to try and create some kind of buffer. It is certainly nowhere close to being a silver bullet. There's a whole number of reasons why LNG is both extremely important to the leverage of uh, other countries, including the U.S., in navigating this crisis, while at the same time simply not sufficient to make up for any large, certainly make up for any large-scale shortfall. Ben Geeman is an Axios Energy reporter. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me back on. In 15 seconds, we're back with why the stock market was so crazy on Monday. Google keeps more people safe online than anyone else by blocking malware, phishing attempts, spam messages, and potential cyber attacks. Every day is safer with Google. Learn how Google helps keep everyone safe online at safety.google. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. It was a wild day with the stock markets yesterday, with a sell-off for the S&P 500 first seeing its sharpest daily drop in a year. The last time we saw the index in this territory was at the beginning of the pandemic, and market watchers started the day calling this a correction. But by the end of Monday, the market made a comeback. What does this boomerang mean? Axios' markets correspondent Matt Phillips is here to explain. Hey, Matt, welcome to Axios Today. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So what happened yesterday? Oof. Uh, it's a, it's anybody's guess, actually. You know, this is all sort of happening in real time, and nobody really knows exactly what went on. We were down more than 3% at one point, and then we had this massive turnaround. It seems like what's happening is a real showdown between investors and the Fed. The Fed has made a lot of noises about trying to raise interest rates. They're starting their meeting today that is expected to end an announcement tomorrow. And the markets are really focused on what they're going to do. As you mentioned, the Fed is starts meeting today, and we're going to not hear more about that until Fed Chair Jerome Powell has a news conference tomorrow. What are market watchers wanting him to say? Starting during the pandemic, the Fed has printed trillions of dollars and essentially pumped that money into financial markets, and that has helped stocks go up. Now the Fed is starting to make noises about cutting back on some of that support, you know, which has been important to the economy, but really important to the financial markets. So they would love to hear Mr. Powell say, oh, well, we're going to take our time and expectations that he might turn around and sort of soften the kind of really inflation-focused language that he's had over the last few months might have been behind the real turnaround yesterday. Men, at the beginning of the pandemic, the markets recovered really quickly, even as unemployment was skyrocketing. And it was like the market was in a different reality than everyone else. Is the same thing happening now? It, it exists in this constant state of expectation about the next 12 to 18 months. So in that sense, it is always less concerned about what's actually happening right now than what's going to happen in the future. You know, we hadn't seen legitimate inflation in decades, you know, and now we have this searing experience of price increases that none of the really smart people at the Fed expected to happen and stick around as long as they have. So that really throws a wrench into the expectations. So, Matt, what's the bottom line here? 
Look, you know, financial markets go up and down, you know, far more than the actual activity in the economy. And hopefully you have some automatic buying options set up on your 401k and you're going to be buying some of these stocks at a discount. And that's going to help you over the long term. At least that's the theory. Matt Phillips is one of the co-authors of Axios's Markets newsletter. Thanks, Matt. Thanks a million. Before humans can settle off Earth, scientists need to figure out how or even if people can reproduce in space. So wrote Axios' space reporter, Miriam Kramer. So I asked her here to tell us more. Hi, Miriam. Hi, thanks for having me. Miriam, so there's a lot of billionaires who want us to eventually start colonizing other planets, but I guess we can't really live in space if we can't reproduce, right? Yeah, exactly. So Jeff Bezos has this idea of millions of people living and working in space, on space stations and, you know, settlements around the solar system. You know, if you're going to have a self-sustaining population, you need to figure out reproduction at some point. And you have to do it with plenty of time before you're actually creating those cities and creating those space stations. Now is sort of the time to start asking these questions in in a lot of ways. And so what do we know about reproduction in space right now? So the studies that have come out have been pretty limited. At the moment, we know that sperm of bovine, so cows, <laughs> swim in the same way they do in space as they do on Earth, and that radiation doesn't seem to harm them, at least on the International Space Station. There was a study done on a Russian satellite that actually had a group of rats that were able to mate but no live births resulted from that, even though some of the rats did get pregnant. It's really stressful to be in space. And when you're under a lot of stress, like mammals don't really like to reproduce. (laughs) Um, There are many more unknowns than there are knowns at this point. Part of the reason why we're talking about this is because you are about to go on maternity leave. Congratulations, and we know we're not going to see you on the podcast for a while, but this is a good story to keep us thinking for a while. Thanks. I can't wait to come back. (laughs) Miriam Kramer is Axios' States reporter. Thanks, Miriam. Thanks, as always. That's it for us today. We always love to get your feedback. Thanks to Craig in Salt Lake City, who tweeted at me yesterday about Monday's segment on hyperpartisan candidates and redistricting. You can too. My handle is Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. What Next is a daily podcast from Slate that helps you make sense of one news story in less than 30 minutes. When the world feels overwhelming, host Mary Harris is here to help you answer What Next. You can subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Google keeps more people safe online than anyone else by blocking malware, phishing attempts, spam messages, and potential cyber attacks. Every day is safer with Google. Learn how Google helps keep everyone safe online at safety.google. Friends, how often do we pray that we will not be deceived by the devil? How much time do we spend thinking about the schemes of the enemy? Jesus taught us to pray daily, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or it could be translated, the evil one, Matthew 6, 13. Jesus told us to pray that because he knew the devil is good at what he does.
Do we believe Jesus? Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church, and we've been examining the ways in which the devil seeks to destroy us. Charles Spurgeon once said, The devil can make men believe that it is to their own advantage to do that which is causing their everlasting ruin. He can make men carry coals of fire in their bosoms and dream that they shall not be burned. He can make them dance upon the brink of hell as though they were on the verge of heaven. Spurgeon is spot on about how the devil tempts us and has led so many into destruction. This is how he got started in Genesis 3 when he pulled one over on Eve. Did God really say, doesn't God want you to be happy? And Eve was unprepared. She had no answer. Why not listen to the devil? Taking this fruit is to my advantage. How much bad could come of it? Do you see how sneaky the devil was and how we're still paying for it with all the sin and misery in our world? Historically, Christians have made much of the dangers of the devil and his temptations. In the 16th century, Christopher Marlowe wrote a play about Dr. Faustus, this man who struck a deal with Lucifer, the devil. Faustus sold his soul to the devil in exchange for 24 years where he could live it up and have the good life. He sealed the pact with his own blood, and then, boy, he does live it up. Faustus gets money, power, wine, women, and song. 24 years later, Lucifer shows up to claim what is his. Faustus' story concludes with him warning his family not to be as, as unwise as he was, as his body is totally wasted and his soul sent to experience the torments of an everlasting hell. It's not a pretty scene ending. The story is a tragedy meant to warn its viewers. In his book, The Gospel According to Satan, Jared Wilson keenly notes how modern-day American retellings of this story have brought on a very different ending. I remember as a young man who loved to play guitar hearing about Robert Johnson, the blues guitarist who seemed to have six fingers because he could play like no one else. The rumor was that Johnson sold his soul to the devil to be able to play like no one else ever could. Clapton and others have praised Johnson as a legend. And, hmm, suddenly there's a new last chapter to the devil deal story. Hmm, maybe a deal with the devil isn't so bad in our day. In fact, Maybe we're even able to best the devil. He's not so clever as to take us down. Isn't that what we see in Charlie Daniels' song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia? The devil challenges Johnny to a fiddling contest. And the devil puts up a fiddle of gold. And Johnny, he has to put up his soul. And a confident Johnny rises up his bow, and boy, he outfiddles the devil. And the devil bows down before Johnny, who curses him as he boasts he's the best there's ever been. Or how about Ralph Macchio of Karate Kid fame in the guitar duel with the devil's guitarist, legendary Steve Vai, in the movie The Crossroads? And Macchio dethrones the devil. Because the devil, well, he's not so bright after all. Or maybe that is what the devil wants us to think in our day, while he's actually up to his old tricks. You will be like God if you bargain with me and take what I promise is so delightful. He wants our eyes to light up at the thought of fame, power, a fiddle of gold. Wilson writes, He wants you to hold your soul cheap and the stuff of this world precious. He wants you to make the bargain. He even wants you to think you're too smart to fall for the trick. He wants you to think that you're too powerful. He likes his prey to swagger before he destroys them. Friends, 
The devil has a playbook full of tricks tailor-made for each of us. He knows the temptations we're individually prone to fall for. And he also knows how to stroke our ego into thinking we're not spiritually vulnerable. The Bible warns us, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Friends, let's not buy into the myths that suggest the devil is no concern to us modern men. Rather, let's listen to our Lord Jesus and pray each day that we not be led into temptation that will be delivered from the evil one. Let's value our souls and put on the full armor of God that we might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend, 2017-2018.